What's up, everybody? Welcome into another edition of SSPN Live. Off two back-to-back W's, Ethan. Back-to-back W's on the road. Back-to-back 20-point games from Keldon Johnson and Devin Vassell. What do you got to say? You actually got to watch him. I'm going to give the floor to you, Ethan, and I'm going to just let you set this one off. Tell me what you thought. You know, I know we're supposed to want to lose Jude and that this season's really all about getting that number one pick and Victor Wembanyama, but these two games, man, we, we look pretty decent. I mean, I know we gave up like a really bad fourth quarter to Indiana. And I know we're supposed to be, you know, it's supposed to be a good game, probably come out on top against Indiana because they are also very bad. And especially since Miles Turner was injured for that game, like we're supposed to win that game, right? Plus, you know, mm-hmm. our shooting goes goes crazy. Ball movement was crazy. Shout out to Devin and Kelvin, of course, and, and and Josh Richardson for shooting so well. But to beat the 76ers in the manner that we did and be mm-hmm. so competitive on both ends of the court, we looked way more fluent than I was expecting. All of a sudden, too, because in that first game and in the preseason, we both agreed it looks like it's going to be another year of just struggling to, to you know, and, and de- slowly developing, you know, the chemistry between our young guys. Mm-hmm. But we looked really, really good against the Sixers. We did not look like a team that was, you know, tanking. Um, Mm -hmm. And like you said, KJ and Devin really stepping up, being those 20 points per game scores. And honestly, Jude, if we're, if Mm -hmm. we're looking to to really, really get into team tank here, we Mm -hmm. might want to think about trading Jakob, Doug and Josh a lot sooner than the trade deadline, because those three guys in particular are really helping keep our young guys in check and kind of hold the team together as far as like what kind of offense we're trying to run and productivity. You know what I mean? Like we, mm-hmm. we looked, we looked solid. I know the Sixers are 0 three, but let's, let's, they're better than us. Objectively. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh boy, Embiid, like, look, you, we got the box score pulled up right now on ESPN and it's Embiid's 40 point effort, not enough for the Sixers. They fall to 0 and three. Like, I think that will change as the season goes on. No, yeah. not even, I think. I know for a fact at the end of this year, the Sixers are going to be in a much different place than the Spurs in all reality, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, for me, just kind of not being able to see these two games, but being able to watch the highlights and then look at the box scores after um, and just seeing the results. I mean, I was surprised you beat the Pacers uh, just in the manner that you did. I'm going to go back to that box score just while we're talking about it. And not only do you have another efficient night from Keldon Johnson, giving him 23 and, and having uh, tying his career high in assists with six, mm-hmm. yep. um, adding a steal in there as well. Um, I mean, Jakob having 21, eight and five. That's another thing. Jakob's offensive game. You talked about having to trade some of those dudes. Jakob's offensive game. It's never going to be the most prettiest thing, mm-hmm. you know, on television, yeah. mm-hmm. but he is getting more and more effective. You know, it doesn't even I don't even want to call it an ISO, but just when he gets the ball and he's able to do that little pop shot that he does. Um, I mean, his he has developed even more offensively um, yeah. as and we've kind of seen it in, in the game so far this year. Um, you can talk about Trey Jones, too, with him being able to stretch the floor more and just showing a little bit more of his scoring ability. And then, of course, Devin Vassell having back to back, I believe, both 23 points in, in each game against the Sixers and the Pacers, well, 22, uh, was one off, but still, I mean, the way that he looked, that that's another thing that stood out to me, especially in the Sixers highlight, there was, highlights, excuse me, there was one play 
where he was dribbling, you know, just off the dribble, basically taking a guy by himself in isolation. And then there were two other dudes kind of at the elbow. Uh, he was, he was, he picked him up on the right wing and then he drove inside kind of the right elbow and then kept dribbling, you know, to the left elbow. And there were two guys kind of there, but he did this step back shot. So even though it was really like a one-on-one the whole time, for a short period of time, especially at the end of the shot, if he was going to continue driving, it would have been a 1B3. But instead of doing that, he stepped back, and it was still tough as tough as hell, and just made a step-back jumper off one leg that we've mm-hmm. kind of mentioned a couple times. But that was even more impressive. So you really got to see even more of his development. But my main takeaway is seeing Keldon and Devin Vassell having back-to-back 20-point games individually in both of these performances. And then on top of that, you add in Doug McDermott. Um, I know he only hit one three in the Pacers game, but it didn't really matter because you had Jay Rich going for 27 and going six for eight from three. So that really made up for that. Um, But then on top of that, you've got Doug McDermott, the next game, four for five from three with 14 points. Um, And just his release, dude, it, like we talked about it before, it's just so silky. So quick. Yeah. 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 Dude, really, like, Devin and Keldon have improved a lot more than I thought that they were going to. I know it's mm-hmm. only been three games, and I'm right. sure they'll have their bad nights as well. But especially that in-between game, like, I think we knew that Devin had been working on that, but KJ looks pretty good in that in-between game yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to go look at the comments here a little bit. We got our man Floyd Kizzy. He says, yo, guys, no such thing as halfway crooks. I love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love the love that song. Uh, but... If we are going to tank, then we need to tank. Missing out on Big Big to win a few more games is insane. That's true. But yeah. here's the thing, though. Actually, if like it depends on what you mean by win a few more games, because if you're still in the bottom like five or three of the league, you're basically going to have the same lottery odds anyway. So that doesn't really matter. But if you're winning too many games because Keldon and John, uh, Keldon, I was going to say Keldon, Keldon and Johnson, and Johnson. <laughs> Keldon and Devin have developed so much. And then Jay Rich, Yach and Doug, like you're saying, are just, you know, playing really well within this system. Um, mm-hmm. Then that is, that is something I could see for sure where you need to move those guys to make sure you don't win too much. Right. Um, yeah. If they're, if, if Devin and Ke- Keldon keep doing their thing like this, it's two games, but yeah. like they're going to be the main scorers right? Like throughout mm-hmm. the season, they're going to be the main scorers. And I think they're For guys sure. who can, can, they're going to have some bad nights, but I really think both of them are talented enough to consistently score 20 points per game. And it was one of the things that I was thinking about seeing these two box scores once again, just two box scores, but it's something that like, even beforehand, you could have made this argument and you probably would have agreed, but I think it really was just illuminated for me, at least in these last two games. I mean, I, and we already knew this, Keldon has a higher ceiling than DeJounte, right? Mm-hmm. and I Devin do. undoubtedly has a higher ceiling than Derek thousand percent so we kind of I mean that's really what we did last year we chose those two over them two which is a smart move and right and DJ and Derek no no disrespect to them they're gonna have great seasons as well because they're on they're in better situations for their skill set mm. and they'll probably and they'll win now which is great but we've chosen the future I think that's a great thing Eric asks, is it a failure if we don't tank? I don't think we'll need to actively tank. I know we've played great in these two games, but teams Mm -hmm. will get a scouting report. They'll start to figure things out. 
We'll have off nights. Devin won't always be hot. KJ won't always be hot. Especially and just- as the season progresses, they're going to get more of a scouting report, just like Keldon's mm-hmm. first year in yep. DeMar's last season when he came in and was just barreling through everybody for the first half of the year. Then you saw, you know, he wasn't able to do the same thing in the second half of that season. Exactly. And, as, and for as good as these guys are, and for has, you know, the development as far as our chemistry that will continue to improve, but we don't have that superstar. So... Mm-hmm. These, te- these games that are close, especially come fourth quarter time, uh-huh. other teams will start to pull away and they'll actually be able to close us out. Philly wasn't able to do so. Their defense was just awful. I think this really came down to them thinking, oh, we can chalk this one up as a dub. And in reality, the Spurs, you can never really chalk them out because of pop. <laughs> you sent me that TikTok. That you got to talk about it. Oh, yeah. There's a TikTok. <laughs> it was a Sixers fan on TikTok. And he was videoing his screen. As the Spurs were, you know, beating I think this Philly. just epitomizes what you were talking about of yeah. like them chalking it up. <laughs> And this fan was like, we are losing to anonymous players, bro. Like, they're anonymous. Like, I don't know any of their names, and they're beating us. And I was like, yeah, dude, that's what will happen if you sleep on the Spurs. Like, we're talented enough to catch mm-hmm. you slipping. But long term, once you start to figure us out and actually compete, you know, I think we'll we'll start to lose more games for sure. I also want to give another shout out to Floyd Kizzy here. He said, that being said, I love watching the guys battle. Big Yak has been outstanding. Trey has been nice. And Devin and KJ have been balling, right? And I think that's kind of where you're, me and you are at too. I definitely don't want to miss out, like, because even though they're playing well, and, you know, like our man King Jay says, LMAO, someone tell Devin and Kelton to stop playing good. I need and want Victor. You know, it kind of goes back to what old boy Devin said in the Instagram live. I can't even cap. I was, you know, we were kind of, a lot of people were kind of trolling him a little bit, you know, like, I don't know about it. And probably at the end of the year, the Spurs are not going to be, even if they're better than we thought they were, like, they're not going to be, they're not going to be a guaranteed playoff team. That's for sure. Like, I don't even think that they're going to be fighting for the play in, but maybe they're a little bit better in the sense that they're not like at the very bottom of the league. But that's, of course, all speculation. There's a lot. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It comes with this, and I would still anticipate that to happen. Um, but I guess where I'm trying to go with this is that You don't want to miss out in this type of year. You don't want to miss out on at least getting some sort of top five talent. You know what I mean? And I'm not even just, I'm not even just talking about it being loaded. I'm just talking about the context of this team. Like this is not a team that's going to win a championship. You want to capitalize on being able to get, even if it wasn't, you know, this year where you've got Scoot Henderson, Eamon Thompson, but the Thompson twins, twins for that matter. And, of course, Victor Wembanyama, or Yama, excuse me. You know, you just don't want to miss on that type of talent when you have yeah. the opportunity in a year where it really doesn't matter that much because all these guys are going to be coming back anyway. Like, so mm-hmm. do, does that make sense? One thousand percent. And I like what Floyd said here because I, I agree. I mean, I would like to keep all three of them because I think all three of them are Spurs type players and they have great mindsets and all of these right. things and will fit as role players way down the line. I love but, all of them. Yeah, Yak. If we can keep Yak and somehow play him behind, let's say we draft Vic number one, and we 
and we can play him behind Victor. That's just great depth. And he's a kind of guy, I think he would accept that role. You know, maybe I think he likes playing for the Spurs. I do too. And I think he feels like we've kind of revitalized his career, not revitalized, but you know what I mean? Like he was kind of just a bench, you know, nobody in in Toronto. And we turned him into a really, really quality starting center. And Um, he's getting close to triple doubles. Like that's something I would also watch this year in the last, Post game we did, I said that I thought Keldon would get a triple double. I'm gonna make another bold prediction. I'm gonna say at some point Jakob does too. I could see that. I could see that for sure. And just for context for y'all that may be listening on podcast, what Floyd said was trades for Jay Rich and Dougie for sure. I hope we keep Yop. Yak just love his game. We also got our man Dylan Nellison here. Haven't seen you in a while, my man. Appreciate you being back out here. Uh we have to drop some players if we're really going to bottom out or sit them for being injured, quote unquote. Hey, well, Pop invented that. So he did. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean it's just two games. You don't want to take too much from it. But the problem is, like I said earlier. I really can see Keldon and and Devin consistently putting up close to 20 points. I think so. For sure. So that means we're going to be competitive, like in most games, which, I mean, maybe not. That that might be a little bit of a crazy thing to say right now. I think I should wait a little bit before I say we're guaranteed to be competitive. But it's one of those things where, like you said, in the Sixers game, you can't just write the Spurs off. Like if you go in there and you're like, this is easy dub for sure, and then – Devin and, and Keldon are just hot from the three-point line and and Doug and Jay Rich are having a good game. You know, they're not just going to be somebody you can just easily mark down a W against. Yeah. It's like what the Sixers announcers were saying during the game. Obviously, the Sixers couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were saying that usually these young teams like the Spurs with the great coaching and all that, they tend to stick around through the first three quarters. But it's that fourth quarter where better teams, you know, they, they turn it around and they pull away and get the easy mm-hmm. win. Right, that's what I think will start happening more consistently as the season progresses. I agree with that for sure. All right, we got a comment from our man Million in here. He says we can't be having Jay Rich shooting more shots than Primo. He's got to go. Um, what are kind of your thoughts on that, Ethan? I'm not sure if Jay Rich is like taking shots away from Primo. I think he's just getting set up by Primo because in Indiana, Primo had seven assists. Jay Rich mm-hmm. had one, and then in the in the Sixers and Jerry's had 27 home. in that game. Exactly. So it's, you know, whoever's got the hot hand, that's always how the Spurs have been. Feed the guy with the hot hand. Primo hasn't really shot all that well in the preseason other than mm-hmm. that one game. Um, or really so, in the regular season so far. So far, you're right. He's still kind of figuring some stuff out, especially as that primary ball handler. Um, it's his third game, like really as game. a full-time player in an NBA rotation, something we got to remember. And what <laughs> I've noticed in these first three games – Primo has been really like the opposing teams have clearly under like, Oh my God, I'm rambling. They are pressing him full court and they Mm -hmm. are not letting him get into any kind of groove. They're like, if you're going to beat us, you're going to have to dribble the entire way with your back on us and really try and free yourself up because they are really trying to clamp him because I think they realize as a young guy, as a young guard, he gets a little loosey goosey with the handle, loosey goosey Mm -hmm. with the passes. So they're trying to really pressure him. So he hasn't really had that many open looks to take. Yeah, yeah. But I think that the way that the Spurs' second unit's offense is kind of running in that situation is like you have Jay Rich. Jay Rich can be an off-ball shooter. Same Mm -hmm. thing with Doug. So he's just kind of passing to those guys. Yeah, exactly. Another comment from our man Dylan, and I think this is a really good point. Um, I think from top to bottom, we are better on defense this year because we have better size that is switchable. What were we saying all last year, Ethan? 
All we need, nothing crazy. Just don't play Keldon at the four. <laughs> and now, you know, it's like we, we and, and I like the, how in the Philly game, we kind of used like a different variety of bigs. It seemed oh, yeah. like Pop kind of liked Zach Collins better in the Pacers mm-hmm. game. So you saw more of him. And I feel like he played, um, obviously, only three games, but definitely he's looked better in the past two games. Definitely the Pacers game was probably his best. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but I liked how we kind of mixed in Gorgie uh, to too. match up with the physicality in, in the Sixers matchup. I feel like that was a better matchup than playing Zach. And also we played, we played Roby. We played Isaiah Roby more minutes in the Sixers game than we did Zach Collins. And I think that all just kind of goes into having better size and, and more switchability. I mean, like we've mentioned with Isaiah Roby, he's someone who's super switchable and is actually a modern day four. And then same thing with Keita Bates. We've been playing him. Just having a proper like lineup where we're not playing small ball all the time fixes a lot of things. One thousand percent. I couldn't have said it better <laughs> myself, too. We finally have guys that can play the four and the five. And it's just uh, you didn't even mention Sohan. I know he only right, had 10, right. 10 minutes, right. but he's also one of those guys that can yes. switch one through five. Very true. Very true. And that is not me saying that, like, overall, the Spurs, like, I, I think we are better defensively this year because of that, but that yeah. doesn't mean necessarily that we'll have as good of a record. No words. You're just, you're, you're preaching right now, Jude. Finally, the Spurs have been watching. Does it, does it feel to you like the Spurs have been watching our podcast? Because it feels like that to me. Because they finally have listened to us, Jude, on some of these <laughs> Some of these things that we've been saying for at least on like the floor. Forever. Yes. Yeah. Since we've done the show, we've been asking for, for a confident. I mean, and when I say this, I'm not trying to crap on KJ or anything, but like no, we no, just no. needed a competent four. Like we needed yeah. somebody who was six, eight, two thirty, like at least just to like, and, and, and I don't know. It makes me wonder, like, because if you have that on like the past season's teams, they're probably better, but you know, I, I don't know what yeah. the thinking was. Maybe it was just all a ploy in the end to get Dejounte out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they were just they were just trolling De- Demar and, and Dejounte. They were like, "We're going to play Keldon at the four the whole time you're here until you leave." Yeah, and if it's, <laughs> even if it's not Keldon, it's going to be Doug McDermott. Right, right. <laughs> Which is even worse at the right. four. And that's what our man Floyd Kizzy just said. We are playing bigger at the four and not starting Dougie. That helps the D. Exactly. Yes. Right. Pause. Um, huh. Our man Million says, uh, we, we have seen Z, have we seen Z Collins, as in Zach Collins, uh, full potential, or does he have another level? I hope. <laughs> yeah. But, but I, I just wonder. I wonder. You know, there's a little, I hold that a little bit because he's still like, even though it feels like he's been in the league forever, just like Dennis Smith Jr., he's still 24. So it's like, I I don't mind writing out this contract that we have with them because it's so Spurs friendly and we can literally, like we get into this year too because it's a team option every year and it's like he's not even guaranteed the full $7 million. Um, But I, I would err on the side as it's close to it, unfortunately. I think so too. I think the only thing that will improve is consistency in, in his physicality because it's. Just I like the way ball. he played in the Pacers game. Like he can be a solid backup center in some situations if he's consistent. But the thing was, even in those two games where we've seen him play more, the thing that stands out is what you said in the last post game. It's his rebounding. He, it's just not really there. Yeah, it's just because he's kind of 
smaller framed, you know, and it's been so long since he's had to bang down low. So let's give him this season. I'm sure he'll, right. he'll slowly start to It's improve. We're three games in. So yeah. you know what? We'll, I'll give him one. Maybe we should wait a little bit longer before we say have we, we haven't seen or we have seen his full potential. Um, but, you know, just with what we saw in Portland, him having like actual playing time in another place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got to see him all year last year. Yes, he was coming off an injury. And now he's saying he's fully healthy. And he has looked better the past two games, like Floyd says. But... I, I just, you know, I think there's a reason why we were playing Gorgie. Yeah. I don't think I mean, that's a negative either. Yeah. What we're saying isn't negative. I think he's he's a quality backup big, but in some instances, he's not as physical as he needs to be right. against guys like Joel Embiid. But that's most guys aren't physical enough to right. guard Joel Embiid. So that's not a knock against him. Yep. Yep. Okay. So let's see. Uh, so a lot of stuff in the comments talking about Primo. Um, and just developing his playmix. So here, let me just restart there. Okay. <laughs> so Primo has, Floyd says Primo has been okay, but I think he's been miscast as a point guard. We've kind of heard about this before too in the comments as well. Um, I'm not sure. Dylan says, I'm not sure Primo could be a good PG, but developing or I, but developing his playmaking will help him be a solid two to three also. So I guess this question is once again, like, do we think, Primo can be a point guard. I understand where their concerns are because turnovers have been a thing over the past year in Austin and it's just three games, but they've been, you know, a, a thing here so far. Um, and we were kind of talking about this before we got on air. You don't want to, I, I kind of do see where they're, they're coming from. The reason I do is because, well, I don't know. I'm kind of blanking right there, but I I see where they're coming from because of the turnovers, right? It's been consistent. Yes. He's still 19 years old and there's, he's only played three games in this role. So it's, it's a hard thing to balance because it's like playing your first rotation minutes in the NBA as a playmaker, you're going to have some turnovers at his age in the situation he's in. But at the same time, it's like the Spurs kind of, the Spurs kind of are forcing him to that position. Like, he doesn't necessarily have to be a point guard. Why do you think the Spurs want him to be a point guard so much? Because they played him there in Austin, and they're playing him here now. So I think regardless of whether or not he's been miscast or whether he can develop into a good point guard or not, that's what the Spurs are doing with him right now. So why do you think that is? I feel like that's kind of the the bigger question, if that makes sense. I think... I mean, obviously they see something in him as a playmaker that maybe we're not right. seeing, but it also probably has something to do with the fact that we have Devin, who's a two, and Kelvin's a three. We want our lottery pick to also play alongside those guys, so where does he fit in? At the point guard. And he's also, he's like 6'5". He was 6'4", so he kind of fits that modern-day, you know, larger point guard, but can also just be a 3 and D guy at the same time. Let's try and develop his playmaking skills. Maybe he can become that. I think we need to give him this entire season before we even start to judge his, his point guard skills because really he hasn't this is, these are the first 3 games Jude that he's played point guard in the NBA because yes. last year he was next to Trey Jones off mm-hmm. the bench when he when played. he would played right when he played yeah so he played point guard in Austin but that's a different that's a completely different ball game mm-hmm. uh, and before that I don't believe he played point guard at all at Alabama I don't know what he did in high school He definitely didn't at Alabama maybe he did yeah. in high school but he was an no all-shooter at Bama. 
but this is the NBA. It's a completely mm-hmm. different game. And so we need to give him this whole year. And next year, if he's still playing point guard, then we can really start to judge him harshly. But he needs to figure things out, get a lot more reps in and underneath him, figure out the pace of the game, figure out how to like kind of blend his scoring with his mm. natural floor general, you know, abilities. So let's just give him time. I'm not ready to jump on him, take, tell him, you know, pop to move him to an off guard or whatever right. the solution might be right now. Let's just give him an entire season. Yep. Yep. I'm with that. I think that's, that's the key point here. But I also like what our man Mark said. We'll get to that in a minute. What our man Dylan said, we have it on the screen right now. The Spurs are trying to develop all their guards to be truly positionless. Mm, And I I like that. I like that a lot because I feel like Malachi Branham is another guy that can kind of play one through three. And that's the same thing. Same thing with Primo, right? Like, and when they say positionless, it's not like, you know, um, they're going to play the four and the five. It's just like kind of being able to play, like when you have, Primo and Malachi Branham, who have that 6'5 frame, but are still like physical enough to kind of play the three. And like we mentioned before, Malachi, you know, really in his last 20 games or last 10 games where he was averaging 20 points at Ohio State, he was taking the ball up the floor a lot. He was mainly a combo guard. But, you know, with all of the guys that we have, there's going to be times where he's going to be, I mean, maybe in the future you have a Blake Wesley, Primo, or, you know, maybe you want to play Primo at the three, but still you have Blake Wesley, um, who's another shooting guard that on the roster. Devin. Yeah, Devin, Blake Wesley, Devin, Malachi. Like, I mean, but then maybe you'd want to play Devin at the three. I feel like in both of those examples, you'd want to play Devin and Primo at the three yeah. and instead play Branham at the two. But I think y'all get what I'm saying here. Like that I, I can understand, especially with, with Primo and Malachi Branham specifically. Um, but the other thing that Mark said, is he says that Primo pass to Dang for the slam last night is a glimpse of Primo's playmaking potential. Um, I don't remember the exact play he's talking about, but Mark saw something for sure. And another thing that I remember, he got tripped up in, in one of the highlight videos. I believe it was the Sixers game. He got tripped up driving towards the rim, really where he was going to go for the score. But because he was like mid-fall, he saw somebody cutting the rim, and maybe this was Gorgie, because I know it was a dump off for a dunk. He dumped it off to somebody like as he was kind of lost control, but was able to flip it up for an assist. Um, So, you know, we've seen some plays from him so far, but it's something like you said, like he's just so young and it's just his first like real experience, like playing rotation minutes in the NBA that I think we we need to wait until the end of the year to really judge him or at least the all star break to really judge him on whether he's a playmaker or not. Um, we just need to to see some more reps because if the Spurs are really like forcing this as much as they are, just like they did in Austin, they've got to see something. And yeah. maybe Ryan, Brian Wright's just wrong on this. Um, but, you know, maybe by yeah. midseason, he's really comfortable in the role. Yeah. I didn't watch Tony like live when he was a rookie either, but everyone that I talked to about his rookie year tells me that he was not a traditional point guard. And wasn't like, he turnover prone too? He was extremely turnover prone. Right. He was really a scorer. He didn't know how to pass the ball. He, really had to, he had, yes, he had to learn how to share and he became, you know, the greatest point guard in San Antonio Spurs history. So let's give him the same goes for DJ. DJ was really not a passing. He was point really guard. raw. That's a really good point. Just basically a perimeter defender that was athletic. That's all the DJ was. And he became a triple double machine last year. So, Clearly, the Spurs see something. Let's just give them time. Yeah. Yep. Well, y'all hit us up with some other stuff in the comments below. Um, but we'll go ahead and take a look at, at some of the other slate 
coming up for the Spurs here in the next couple weeks. I'll go ahead and pull up the schedule and put it on the screen here in a second. Let me see here. There we go. So after this little uh, doubleheader that we had here, um, the Spurs will have a doubleheader against Minnesota, but not really a doubleheader. They'll just have back-to-back games in Minnesota on Monday and Wednesday, and then they'll go to Chicago on Friday to once again play Minnesota on Sunday. Um, I guess what what's kind of your early outlook for this week? I would say that it's super diverse, but we're basically just playing the Timberwolves and DeMar. <laughs> I'll I'll be at that Chicago game, so mm-hmm. we won't be doing a post game, at least not with me, because I'll be I'll be there to watch that one. But the Minnesota games are intriguing to me because they have Cat at the four and Rudy at the five. So I'm curious yeah. to see if we're going to roll out with the same starting lineup and try and let Sohan guard Cat, or if we're going to try and give Gorgie more minutes and and not Zach, or maybe more to Roby, like you said. Like, what are the rotations mm-hmm. going to be? Um, because that's a it's a weird matchup for us. Or are we, are we just going to go small and try mm-hmm. and shoot them to death? Because Rudy and Cat struggled to defend along the perimeter. Um, so I think maybe we can steal one of those games from Minnesota, but they also have Anthony Edwards and they have D'Angelo Russell. You know, those are tough stops. So number one pick. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention my boy slow mo. Two number one picks. Right? Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Jeremy Sohan, Sohan, Sohan versus Slow Mo. It's, it's the matchup of the century. They got three number one picks, by the way. Oh, D'Lo. Oh no, D'Lo wasn't a number one. Yeah, yeah, no. it's just Ant and Cat, right? Yeah, yeah. But they were. He was a lottery. I'm pretty sure. I think he was second overall. Yeah, yeah, he was pretty high. We got a question from our man Dylan. Once again, appreciate you being in here. Who are you guys most impressed with or surprised by their gameplay so far? Mm. I would just say I would kind of go back to I'm not as surprised with Keldon, but I'm I'm surprised and this may sound crazy, but I'm surprised with Devin coming out the way he has and looking the way he has after that bad performance in game one. It, I mean, it looked like this is how he felt like he was going to play all year. Um, mm. Once again, all this is with an asterisk because it's still the first three games of the season and nobody's really got game plans against us. But I'm very surprised with how comfortable and confident Devin Vassell has looked as a scorer. Devin's up there for me as well, but I think I'm going to go with Doug McDermott. Mm -hmm. I feel like Doug has really taken a step forward as a, like a player. He's not just a shooter. I know he's a a terrific shooter and he's like you and I talked about his release looks like it's gotten quicker Mm -hmm. and all those things, but he opens up our offense so much to the immediate spark. He's a much better playmaker this year than I've seen in in past years and just a, like a diver to the rim, like overall, I thought he, I think he has been a like a main contributor to these two wins so far. And I'd like to see what else he has in store because right now he is really boosting that trade value for us, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. I got to give Floyd a, ca- a shout out here because he says I would vote Trey's most surprising. And that's one that, you know, I, I blanked on right there when we were talking about it, but he has looked really, really good. Like, he got what were you gonna go ahead Ethan you, sorry I was gonna say never been surprised by Trey we can go back to my Twitter <laughs> into like 2000 what 20 when I was like this guy's the real deal I love Trey Jones I've been on that Trey Jones train I've never been surprised Trey Jones always brings it anyway go ahead he's just well you know you think of him as so solid right mm-hmm, but yeah. you don't think of him as anything over the top but now that he's in the situation and he's solid at everything and his shots a lot better it's like wait he's pretty good <laughs> 
<laughs> like he's, he's not just solid like he's just good at most mm-hmm. things yeah i'm telling you he was watching the podcast too because i t- remember <laughs> the first game i was like bro needs to just get aggressive get two feet in the paint because he can he can finish at the rim and he can create for others and he's what going- happened he's getting in the paint dude trey jones is my guy bro he knows me i've been tweeting he's, him since, he's, since day one he's going inside he's like I, he's like this floater it's for ethan oh yeah, yeah up and under time. i got that ethan <laughs> That's my guy. I've been on oh that Trey Jones train. Uh, all right, Mark had a, train. He had a funny comment earlier. He says, I want to see a, a Jakob and, and Gobert hack a shack battle. Well, dude, they were trying to hack Yak. They couldn't do it. He made 60%. Dude, <laughs> they had to stop. That was I, actually, the most I did see that in the, in the Sixers game. <laughs> It was Indiana. Oh. Indiana, he he was getting hacked. Oh, my hacked. gosh. Or no, it was Indiana, my bad. Yeah. No, it was the most painful last six minutes of the fourth quarter I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my goodness. Hey, got the, got the job done. Got the job done. Mm-hmm. All right, Ethan. Well, other than other than the, the Timberwolves, you know, you're going to enjoy that Bulls game. I'm sure you're going to love seeing DeMar again um, mm. and seeing just being a dispersed game, your first of the year. Um any other kind of final thoughts as we wrap up this SSPN live? What if we get Devin okay. Vassell, Keldon Johnson, co-most improved players? <laughs> I love the lip bite. <laughs> that would be crazy. Has that ever happened before? I don't. It's the only co-rookie of the year as far as I know. Okay. Okay. That would be nuts. That would be pretty cool if that happened. I didn't think about that. I'd have to go look. I feel like Devin would probably have a better chance at getting it, actually. Yeah, he because I, because I don't even know what Keldon's numbers were off the top of my head last season, but I'm sure they were more than Devin's. Just I think it was like 17 and 6 or something like that. Which is crazy, dude. Like, I didn't yeah. even feel like he had that good of a year. I know that's not crazy, like, numbers, but I that's still, that like, when you look at it that, and stats aren't everything, but when you look back on it, it's like, dang, Keldon had a really good season last year, mm-hmm. like 17 and 6. Uh, one more comment from Dylan here. Yak has good form on the line now. He's destined to shoot at least 70% one day. Mm. Yes, sir. Hey, y'all go to the Blake Wesley video. Y'all look, <laughs> at, the top, y'all look at the top comment. That's one of my boys. I, I went. I was hanging out with him this weekend. He's also a Spurs fan. The top comment is from him. I'm not going to reveal his lay, name. I'm not going to dox him. But <laughs> the dox point him. is, he he's the top comment he's like y'all see Jakob in the back sniping those free throws <laughs> y'all go watch it it was, it was it multiple was of those videos too <laughs> watch all the press conference videos he's in the back on at least like four he's of grinding, them grinding man shooting. getting that percentage up no more hacky yak or if you do you're gonna pay mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right all righty y'all well we appreciate you guys coming out to another sspn live tell your friends if you like this video don't forget to hit the like button, and then also subscribe below. Hit that button if you haven't already. We appreciate all you guys. Also, if you want to stay up to date with the show, stay locked in. You want to watch the show on Twitter for whatever reason, you can go to at SSPN on YT. Follow us there. We post updates whenever there's new stuff coming out. Uh, We've been posting some more clips and stuff like that. You can follow me at Jude McLaren and follow Ethan at Ethan underscore Quintero. We appreciate you guys. Y'all are all uh, y'all are all the best. And I'll give one more comment here. Our man Mark says there's a clip of Jakob hitting threes, which means he's a sniper. Floyd, we appreciate y'all. We appreciate y'all, you guys. Jakob is definitely a sniper, and we'll catch y'all in the next one.